What if everything you thought you knew about the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases wasn't true? Join a veteran Buffalo City detective, a veteran Canadian Pacific police captain, and a veteran NCIS special agent, along with their guests, as they dissect the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases from their perspective in an unvarnished podcast focusing on crime, corruption, and media bias. It's Search Warrant, coming right at you. Welcome to Search Warrant. Uh, I'm John Snedden, a veteran NCIS special agent, joined by uh, Anna Midlars, a uh, veteran detective from the uh, Buffalo City Police Department, and uh, Tom Purcell, a veteran uh, police captain from the Canadian Pacific Police. Um, today, uh, we have a special guest on, but I just wanted to address uh, things that are occurring in Philadelphia because they're changing by the minute in regard to the uh, environment down there that's causing uh, uh, local, state, and federal law enforcement officers to be in uh, great jeopardy working under a district attorney's office that uh, we now learned that uh, has been uh, apparently manufacturing uh, fictitious uh, grand jury presentments, uh, missing, uh, missing transcripts from grand jury proceedings and are now uh, ratcheting it up uh, by um, witness intimidation and apparently, uh, you know, attempting to uh, intimidate a whistleblower, which uh, just make it, makes matters way worse. And uh, in my view, is a uh, tacit admission of what they have been doing uh, by ratcheting up the uh, witness intimidation. Anyway, we will uh, certainly address that in uh, uh, our next podcast. But this uh, this episode, we have a, uh, a special guest. We have Dr. Uh, Dr. Nichols, um, who is um, a professor emeritus of communications and international affairs, who retired from Penn State in 2010 after uh, nearly 34 years as a faculty member and administrator. He's a long, a longtime advocate of uh, intercollegiate athletics reform. Uh, Dr. Nichols remains active in issues re- related, related to the uh, governance, governance and integrity in college sports. Uh, while the chair of the, of the uh, university faculty senate at Penn State, Dr. Nichols joined with other faculty uh, governance leaders to found the Coalition on Intercollegiate Athletics a national alliance of senates providing a faculty voice in the national discussion about how best to maintain academic integrity in big-time college sports. He served as uh, COIA uh, chairman, chair from 2010 to 2012, and continues as Penn State's representative to COIA as a resource member of the university's Committee on Intercollegiate Athletics. Dr. Nichols is a co-author of Integration of Athletics and Academics, a survey of best practices at FBS schools, and has given uh, congressional testimony on the reform of the NCAA, and has spoken on intercollegiate athletics reform at the Harvard Law School, uh, Knight Commission on Intercollegiate Athletics, ESPN, American Association 
of university professors. He was chair of the uh, Special Committee on University Governance, which made recommendations for governance uh, reform at Penn State in the wake of the Sandusky scandal, and was a member of the search committee to replace Joe Paterno, Penn State's legendary football coach, as well as numerous other athletics search committees. He also served on Penn State's NCAA Accreditation Committee. In 2015, Dr. Nichols helped to organize and lead the Penn State baseball team's trip to Cuba for an educational experience and to play unprecedented exhibition games against Cuban National Series teams. Dr. Nichols is a senior fellow at the Curley Center for Sports Journalism and an affiliate faculty member at the Center of the Study of Sports and Society at Penn State. He earned his BA, MA, and PhD from the University of Minnesota. Dr. Nichols, uh, welcome to uh, Search Warrant. Thank you. Um, we are greatly appreciative of, uh, of you taking the time to speak with us ab about uh, several issues, actually. Um, your involvement, uh, obviously, in the, uh, and your interpretation of the free report, as well as the NCAA consent decree and their uh, academic implications. Um, I see where the report came out in, uh, in August of 2012, but a lot has uh, taken place subsequent to that. But I think uh, it's in going through the report, it's uh, very interesting to see that uh, yourself and the, uh, and the, uh, the members of the faculty of the past, the group of uh, past chairs of the faculty senate had the uh, uh, foresight to uh, come up with a report that you did, and and clearly uh, most of the points there um, are uh, very pertinent to the particular uh, incident that we're discussing, and. Uh, it's almost as if you had uh, ESP in regard to <laughs> to what exactly uh, the fallout has been in regard to the free report and the NCAA. Um, if I might ask, um, if your interpretation of the, uh, if you, if I, if I might ask, you, your involvement in that, in in that, how did that come about to get to the. Uh, to the report you guys issued in August of 2012. Well, um, maybe it'd be uh, helpful if I if I went back one step um, before that before that uh, statement that we, we we put out and give you uh, my previous contact with the uh, the free group the free investigators. Oh yes, sir. Because of uh, because of. Um, my considerable background in intercollegiate athletics governance at Penn State and, and nationally, uh, probably not unsurprisingly, I was uh, uh, called to uh, be interviewed by the free investigators uh, on four separate occasions uh, during their investigation of the uh, of the Sandusky affair and the and the fallout of that. And in those um, in those interviews. Um, I, I, I began to have concerns about the direction of the free investigators and the and uh, and the potential outcome of the the free report. They uh, 
they were a lot of their questions were were accusatory. They 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 it it was as if they were not looking for uh, looking for the truth, but rather they were looking for evidence or information that might support uh, a pre a predetermined conclusion that would scapegoat certain individuals, football coaches, academic administrators, and so on. And so I was I was already quite concerned about the um, uh, about the direction of the of the free report. But you know who was I to question a former FBI director and a former federal judge? So I you know I just I put aside my uh, my questions and, and and my concerns. Uh, but when the free report came out, uh, I like most people because free announced it on a nationally televised. Uh, press conference and dumped this massive report on the the media and uh, and the public uh, without a chance to absorb it uh, uh, beforehand and uh, gave talking points in his press conference and released a very brief uh, executive summary that was uh, highly inflammatory and highly accusatory. it, it wasn't most people I don't think had an opportunity to read the report and absorb the the underlying report. Uh, the media just uh, uh, flew with the with the executive summary and his oral talking points on on TV, which were again very uh, uh, accus- accusatory and inflammatory, accused Penn State uh, individuals of essentially covering up. Uh, 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 assault of children for the purpose of protecting the reputation of, of football. I mean, those are pretty serious charges and pretty, uh, pretty, pretty egregious. Uh, but it wasn't until a few days later, maybe several days later, that I found the time to read through the entire dense report. And when I was reading the report, I, you know, I assumed that at some point the report would produce the smoking gun, the the, the hard evidence to support uh, the inflammatory conclusions and findings that Free had announced in the press conference and that were in the executive summary. But after uh, completing the uh, reading the report, the evidence wasn't there. There wasn't even an attempt to uh, uh, to rationalize some of the key the key findings, like that this was all done to protect uh, the reputation of football. They didn't even address it, let alone. Uh, offer uh, offer any any evidence, and I was I, I really was taken aback. I was shocked, Doctor. That that uh, is indicative of him uh, manufacturing uh, or presenting his opinions um, as opposed to any type of evidentiary items. Is that is that accurate? Yes, yes. I it was it became clear to me that. Well, the the core of the report was very matter of fact and marshalling uh, factual information, much which was already known. The um, the executive summary and Free's oral comments, it was almost like they were written by different people because the executive summary and the oral comments were these wild a- accusations that had no basis in um, in factual support in the in the main the main report. Uh, and so it, it became clear to me that he, based on my interview with his team on four separate occasions, 
but also the, uh, the, the report is that his goal was not to find the truth uh, and help uh, Penn State, the people that paid them $8 million to do this, but rather he was uh, seeking to build a case as if he was a prosecutor um, and uh, do so without evidence or with, uh, with flimsy evidence. Yes, sir. We uh, so obviously subsequent to, to your, uh, your findings in, the, uh, in your report, um, an email has surfaced, which we have a copy of, wherein uh, Freeze uh, support, subordinate investigators uh, write over um, his proposed verbiage for that press conference with the uh, handwritten notations that there is no support for this, uh, that they did not find any support for what he intended to uh, and subsequently did in fact say during the course of his press conference. Um, so you're your read on that is right on the right on target, obviously. I think that's one of the astonishing things about about this this uh, this case is that, um, as you accurately point out, we didn't know a lot of this uh, back in 2012 when we made our made our statement. But there's been a lot of evidence that's been uh, released, disgorged, uncovered since then. That um, that clearly indicate that Free did not have the evidence. His investigators did not un uncover information or evidence that would support his wild, inflammatory conclusions. And not only that, he knew it. They knew that they didn't have the support. Yet they proceeded anyway to make these um, make these um, outrageous claims. Um, that ultimately had huge negative impact on the institution, uh, Penn State, and many individuals in direct and collateral damage. Careers were ruined, people were fired, uh, people's reputations were destroyed, all based on a series of accusations that Free did not have evidence for and knew that he didn't have evidence. Yes, sir. The... Uh... Uh, to speak to the uh, email that we just made uh, reference to, wherein his subordinates say there are, is no uh, support for his position that he took anyway, um, his response to their um, handwritten notes in this email was that he didn't care about that, that the, the media was clamoring for what he wanted, what he intended to say. So um, obviously he clearly uh, disregarded that. And you made mention of the fact that it was, um, and we now know that it was a predetermined conclusion that he intended to have that uh, press conference and say exactly what he did to satisfy his uh, interests in the media um, and the uh, and the narrative that the media would subsequently run with. And uh, clearly, as, as you've pointed out, it's uh, um, resulted in a significant damage to uh, uh, very good and, and awesome human beings. Um, when the uh, 
when you again it's almost as if you guys had uh esp when you wrote the report but i i wanted to um you're one of the few people that we've we've spoken with that uh had the uh displeasure of having to be uh interviewed by freeze uh investigators can you i I know you've touched on this but could you please like uh um amplify your thoughts in regard to the uh questions that they ask you were they were they leading questions were they statements that they wanted you to acknowledge how did that uh how did that work Uh, they were both uh there was very little of the uh asking me uh, fact questions or background questions or context questions. It was mostly, as you say, either leading questions or declarative statements seeking uh, my confirmation of those declarative statements. I mean, let me give you an example. They, I think this is the very first interview. Um, they, they asked me, and, and, and mind you, these, these, these folks um, tended to be pretty intimidating. Um, and uh, it was made clear to all people that were interviewed that we must cooperate uh, fully and completely with the free investigators at the cost of our employment. Um, if we didn't uh, if we didn't cooperate, that there would be ramifications in employment considerations. And um, and I- interesting as a side note, when I was asked or required to to be interviewed, I, I said, well, I'm not an employee of the university. I'm retired. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> but that didn't <laughs> seem to, that didn't seem to concern them in their, um, in, in their approach. Anyway, I, 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 I got sidetracked there. The example would be, um, one of the questions that they asked was, um, uh, at what point did I learn about um, Sandusky's sex crimes? At oh. what point did I learn about that? Oh, and mm. and I responded, I didn't know anything at all about Sandusky's sex crimes, and the the response was, well, of course you did. You know, you're an insider in intercollegiate athletics. You know all these people. You've been around for. You know, 30 years, uh, you're, you were involved, you were on the athletics committee, you were involved in the governance of athletics. Everybody knew, so obviously you knew as well. as well. And I said, I didn't know. I didn't know. And, and it led me to believe that, um, uh, and, and I, you know, I was sort of an insider in intercollegiate athletics. And something like that, if it was widely rumored, I would have heard it. But they had already reached the conclusion that everybody knew that Sandusky was doing this, but they were looking the other way to protect football. So they had reached a conclusion, and they were trying to force me to verify that conclusion. That's one of the, one example, but there were many others. Yeah, I, I know we talked to, uh, we spoke with Mr. Uh, Dick Anderson, um, who I believe you, you know pretty well. And uh, they did the, essentially the same thing, and he said it was... Uh, an exercise in uh, adversity as opposed to being adverse as opposed to a, a, a fact-finding inquiry. Um, that was my experience as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that doesn't speak very, very well for, you know, their investigative efforts. Um, clearly, when the, uh, 
that uh, I think the general public were were uh, led to believe that it was an exercise in finding the truth, when in actuality it was a an exercise in uh, supporting their predetermined conclusion. Um, the uh, essentially, uh, so to recap on that, the uh, your review of the free report uh, doesn't match up with what the uh, the the evidence that he presents. Essentially, his his conclusions do not match with the uh, evidentiary alleged evidentiary items that uh, he has present in his report. Is that correct? That is yes. Yes, sir. Had you had any um, contact with the uh, Office of Attorney to the PA Office of Attorney General's investigation, or were they they part of the uh, free interview process? Do you know? I had no contact with the uh, with the the, uh, the the prosecutors or their investigators, and no. Um, uh, state uh, prosecutors were involved in the interviews of, of at least me, although we, you know, we have subsequently learned that there was close communication between Free and the prosecutors with them trading information inappropriately so uh, back and forth. Yes, sir. Uh, we, we've now learned that uh, through email correspondence and otherwise to include um, the release of uh, um, secret grand jury information that it was being uh, being traded between the uh, free private investigation and uh, state authorities, which, uh, in my view, is uh, is certainly a, a crime. Um, I, I certainly think that uh, Anna and and Tom would would agree with me on that. Um, and we're all, unfortunately, we're all subject to. Uh, you know, prosecutors that do that to uh, reach their ultimate goal. And in this case, you can see that uh, when you go back, you can certainly see that the uh, that effort was made uh, with a view towards uh, supporting their predetermined conclusion. Um, what, what I would like to ask your your thoughts in regard to, you know, it's it's amazing to be able to speak to someone that, uh, you know, you're, you are right. You were right at ground zero when this thing happened. And with, uh, with a breadth of knowledge that, uh, quite frankly, I think with your, uh, your expertise in, uh, a myriad of, uh, arenas there, it's, it's interesting to be able to, to hear your, um, impressions of what was occurring at ground zero in the sense, particularly in regard to your thoughts um, of the, uh, the uh, Penn State University of Board of Trustees reaction to the, uh, the free report that uh, we now have uh, determined to be uh, fictitious in some sense. What was your reaction to the, what was your, what were your thoughts on the board reaction to that free report? I was, uh, well, I, the, I think the short answer to your question is there was, um, there was no reaction to the board other than the first day for them to acknowledge the acceptance of it and essentially 
it, it, it admit to the conclusions of the free report, but it's been radio silent since then, uh, at least as far as the full board, the official board. Um, so th the board has taken the position to look the other way, to, uh, to uh, just let sleeping dogs slide, not to, um, not to allow the issue, the kinds of things that you are doing in your podcast to uh, raise tough questions. Uh, their strategy is exactly the opposite: is to uh, is to keep it buried, to keep it uh, to keep it quiet, and to move forward and hope that the whole unfortunate mess goes goes away. Um, the uh, the but the for your for your listeners, I mean, there's an important part that I that that I should uh, I sh I should spell out. Uh, uh, you you said that that I was. Uh, uh, that I, I I drew these conclusions in 20, 2012, long before a lot of this information came out, and you mentioned that I might have ESPA. Well, I'm uh, SP, <laughs> extrasensory perception, but yes, I, sir. I, I, I didn't. I mean, it, it was it wasn't that difficult. All you had to do was to read the re, read the report, and at the same time that I went through this process. A colleague of mine who was also a previous faculty senate chair did the same thing, and he arrived at the same conclusion. And we talked about it, and, and he started calling other past senate chairs. They had all gone through the same process and reached the same, the same conclusions. It was it was obvious then. It wasn't. It didn't take. You didn't have to be a rocket scientist or clairvoyant to <laughs> yes. figure figure it out. It was obvious yeah. then, and it's more obvious with the supporting evidence that we have now. And as a result of virtually every faculty Senate chair with hundreds of years of experience at Penn State um, saying, this does not make sense. This doesn't add up. This is not consistent with the people we know, the institution we know, and there's no facts in the report to support these conclusions. And so we made a public statement, a very brief two-page statement saying, that the free report, in our view, was at odds with the truth, and the NCAA exacting huge, massive, unprecedented sanctions on Penn State based solely on the free report was way out of line and was hurtful to the institution and the, the uh, understanding of, um, of uh, what happened at, happened at Penn, Penn State. So that, that's part that I wanted to add is that Virtually every living faculty senate chair um, arrived at essentially the same conclusion and then joined in in this statement. But the board of trustees, they didn't care, and it was inconsistent with the media narrative. So some media reported it on the next day, but then they went back to the standard to their standard narrative. They didn't want to be knocked off their um, their their storyline. So right, I, mean, I think it's an important point that it is it was obvious then and it's obvious now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, essentially, uh, the uh, free report lacks a smoking gun. Would that be accurate? Yes. Um, sir, I wanted to get your impression of, you know, I, you've kind of. Uh, You've obviously touched on the uh, board reaction to that free report. We have um, we have um, reviewed the uh, this is uh, 
I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but we have reviewed all the uh, insurance interviews, insurance company interviews of the alleged victims. And uh, it's appalling that uh, apparently the board um, did not in any fashion vet any of these uh, victims. Um, you know, I, I wonder if uh, my thought is that if you if you um, took a look at that at all or what your thought is on the board taking the um, extreme action that they did um, and failing to vet any of these alleged victims. Yes, I, I have not read those documents, so you uh, I can't. I can't comment in, in great detail on that, but it, um, uh, it it is consistent with the overall board strategy. I mean, they, the board of trustees are not uh, are not university people. They 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 come out of uh, out of business, and um, they uh, universities are strange organizations and strange institutions, and they're organized and they're governed in ways dissimilar from the standard corporation. Uh, but what the trustees tried to do was to use what they knew in their corporations, use the, a crisis management model for their corporations that simply did not match what had happened at Penn State and how universities operate. Essentially, their strategy was to, uh, was to fire a lot of people, scapegoat a lot of, uh, a lot of people, to, uh, to 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 express uh, maximum contrition, regardless of of uh, not having the facts to, to support that, and to pay uh, pay huge sums of money to uh, so that the problem goes away, and then and then to move forward and not have to make any substantive uh, changes and to do any uh, self reflection. So it's the standard corporate model. Fire a bunch of people, pay off a bunch of people, say we're sorry, and then move and then move move forward. The problem is that that public universities and this is this is somebody else's money. I mean, it's you know it's tuition money, it's state appropriations, it's it's foundation foundation money that support universities. So it's easy for them to pay off uh, to pay off uh, uh, settlements without. Um, substantive backup uh, because it's not their money and they don't have to worry about it. Yes, sir. So the, the, the financial victims, the financial victims in this are our taxpayers and the, uh, the individuals that fund the, the grant money. Is that correct? Well, it, 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 Penn state has argued that all the money they use for to pay the fines to the NCAA, which is even more outrageous, uh, the uh, and, and the very settlements came out of reserves, and none of it was tax dollars, and none of it was tuition dollars. While that may or may not be true, money is fungible. So you know, you take it out of one pocket, you know, that depletes the the, the total resources of of the university. So. As a technical matter, it may not have been tax dollars or tuition money, but money is fungible. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your um, 
your thoughts on on the uh, you know we now we're we're several years removed from from uh, the events of uh, Ground Zero, so to speak. Um, you immediately after having done a significant review of the free report um, and determined that there was in fact no smoking gun and no evidentiary support for his pronouncements in his uh, national press conference, um, which clearly uh, causes uh, your average human being on the street to lose complete confidence in the individual that wants to satisfy his clients and handlers with uh, with with pronouncements that have no evidentiary support. Um, now we we find ourselves, um, you know, up to date in regard to free um, where he has been hired by the NCAA as a independent contractor investigative entity. Um, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Outrageous, and uh, the uh, the various documents that have been released since since 2012 uh, through lawsuits and uh, through the uh, the report of the uh, alumni trustees at the at the university clearly indicate that one of the great motivations that Free had for uh, doing what he did was that he was not serving his his client Penn State in trying to help. Penn State understand what had happened uh, to learn the truth and to take corrective actions. His goal was to um, was to ingratiate himself with the NCAA and the NCAA pre president Mark Emmert, with the goal of being the quote go to guy uh, for the NCAA future investigations. In other words, he sold his client Penn State down the river in anticipation of uh, of making big bucks uh, for further um, business from, uh, from, the, uh, from the NCAA. And aside from, I, you know, there's a lot of injustices in this case, and, 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 and some of them are truly horrible. I mean, the first and foremost injustice is what happened to a bunch of uh, small boys. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, that, is a, that is a severe injustice. Another injustice, though, is the vultures that swooped down on this on this sad case to uh, to make political hay out of uh, out of the case or to make big bucks out of the out of the case. Uh, the number of, uh, of, of, of of political uh, political types or uh, investigators or attorneys who swooped in to rake in big bucks from a board of trustees that essentially had an open checkbook, uh, not to redress the problem that may have led to the assault of, of children, but rather people just making political or financial hay off a bad situation. I mean, I think that's despicable. Uh, yes, sir. I, I, uh, I have some, a, a very brief story in that regard. Uh, as it pertains to one of the attorneys that uh, represented uh, a significant number of the alleged victims, um, who, by the way, were never vetted. Um, I had occasion to interview one of the uh, 
attorneys way prior to this uh, event occurring. And he had a very small office on uh, North Atherton Street in a old house. And uh, now he has a, you know, probably five store story uh, glass enclosed building on South uh, South Allen Street. So, um, without a doubt, he uh, he uh, benefited uh, greatly by, you know, representing uh, alleged victims that have never been uh, vetted by uh, the university or others, for that matter. Um, but I, I certainly agree that there was uh, a significant number of uh, vultures just waiting to pounce, particularly if there's no vetting involved. Um, in regard to uh, the NCAA hiring uh, discredited former political appointee Louis Free um, as a uh, independent contractor uh, investigative entity, I wonder what, in your view, with your knowledge of uh, intercollegiate athletics, what message does the NCAA then send by hiring him? to all the major universities in the country? Uh, well, I think, um, I, I think the NCAA, NCAA lost its uh, moral compass um, long before they, uh, they hired uh, Louis Free. They actually had lost their moral compass before the Penn State case, but the Penn State case was, uh, was a very big um, uh, deviation uh, uh, by the NCAA from its its core mission and its and its values. Um, so it's it's hiring free is just further indication, sir, further validation that the NCAA is in. Uh, well, it's long since been in moral decline, and it's going to be in. Uh, it's probably not going to be a relevant entity within the next within the next decade. It's part of the. Uh, part of the death knell of the, of the NCAA, but it, it does really bother me that, that the big wigs with their eyes wide open, again, exploiting a really awful case of, uh, of, uh, uh, of sexual, uh, sexual assault for political and financial uh, advantage is, is just re reprehensible. And the NCAA and free were at, and uh, Pennsylvania prosecutors were at the forefront in um, in in doing that. And I, um, again, they they lost their moral compass. Yes, sir. I think uh, we've had uh, discussions previously in regard to the uh, corruption aspect that ran this uh, was kind of like the engine that ran the entire process um clear there there clearly there appears to have been significant uh and documented uh animosity between uh former governor corbett and uh dr graham spanier um particularly because uh dr spanier had uh had the uh the strength to uh you know go up against the the governor in regard to funding I think that certainly, uh, you know, was a major 
major factor. Uh, but beyond the fact that, uh, you know, not being able to uh, sit where he wanted to at a particular football game for political um, for, po- for, for a political push, uh, kind of, if you're an, a vindictive individual, you certainly uh, could run with that. And I think that was exactly the case, at least from what I have uh, personally, personal knowledge in investigating. Um, I do, uh, you know, Anna, uh, Detective Anna Midlars has uh, done some research in regard to uh, Free's uh, overall uh, history of hideous investigations and the results of those investigations. Uh, Anna, uh, you did a Google search and came up with uh, uh, quite a few uh, problems with his previous investigations. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Um, first of all, I'd like to say hello, Dr. Nichols. Um, you have a stellar career. I was reading up on you right before I was going to speak with you today, and congratulations on your career. It's amazing. Thank you. Yes. Uh, with, with, I do have a question uh, regarding the dollar amount that they paid these um, these uh, individuals. Who came up with the, those huge dollar amounts? Is that uh, was it a collective vote by the board or something like that? Um, I, I I'm not an expert in that, and so I, I I'll tell you what I think I know, but I won't um, I won't promise you that I've got the the um, the um, the hard evidence here, but the the Penn State uh, Penn State hired um, I've forgotten he was a, a famous uh, uh, lawyer that uh, that handled these kinds of situations, and so they they farmed out um, the responsibility to a to a law firm, and it, it, this law firm made the recommendations to the to the board of trustees and the board of trustees authorized the recommendations that excuse me last sir, excuse i'm sorry me, sir, is that is that lanny davis no no okay it, i mean I, I i could i can't resurrect the name but it was a um it was a uh, i believe a a law firm that specializes in these kinds of situations in uh, uh in 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 uh, in reviewing cases and making recommendations for uh, dollar amounts for uh, for potential uh, victims or plaintiffs, uh, but of course that was all done in um, in secret. And then the approval, the authorization, and whether there was any ramping up of the money or reducing the money or any discussion at all was all done in closed meetings by the board of trustees. So that part of the uh, of the process is uh, is opaque at best. Mm-hmm. Was was the statement by the by the group of the past chairs was it ever made public by the media after it came out? Yes. Um, yes. It, uh, in in two thousand and twelve, just a couple of weeks after Free and the NCAA take their actions for virtually every past faculty senate chair at Penn State to make a statement that says that Free's report is at odds with the truth and the NCAA is radically outside its um, uh, its its area of responsibility. And to make that kind of statement in that media environment would have been, it seems to me, a very big deal. 
Mm-hmm. But as it turned out, it was it got some coverage the next day. I think USA Today ran it on the front page the next day. But following that, it just dropped off the uh, the media cycle because it was not consistent with the storyline that had been established that there had been a cover up to protect of child sexual assault to protect football. And we're we were saying that that's not true and. It, it just was inconsistent with the storyline, and so it was received almost no attention. Unbelievable, really. When I when I read through it, I thought that they would run with it. It would be front page, you know, stories and 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 create a a, a new investigation, if nothing else. But it's never happened, has it? Well, no. I mean, people like you continue to. Uh, look into it and carry the torch, which is, which is great. But um, I regret that. I think the damage, I regret to say, I think the damage is, is done. Well, the truth is increasingly being told. If you walked down the street and asked 10 people who had heard of the Sandusky mess, they would probably nine out of 10 of them would have the skewed view that there was a cover up to protect football. That's so true. I, I have a, a lawyer friend here in Buffalo, and I, I I asked her what she thought of the Sandusky case, and she said, oh, of course he's guilty. How how could he not be with all the evidence? So it's not really getting out there uh, like, we, well, like we'd like it to. That's for sure. You know, it's, it's it, excuse, me for, excuse me for interrupting, but it, it is, it's, it's probably for your listeners to... Uh, uh, to know uh, the, um, uh, I would recommend reading um, Malcolm Gladwell's new book. If you haven't read it, it's and and the uh, listeners might want to read it. It is Malcolm Gladwell is one of the most uh, highly regarded uh, thinkers and writers in in the United States to, today, and he's written a, a number of very popular books. Um, and his recent book, Talking to Strangers, uh, has a chapter on the on the Penn State Sandusky case. I mean, it really focuses on uh, Graham Spanier, the president of Penn State, who is uh, who is uh, unfairly held responsible for uh, uh, for part of the uh, for part of the the debacle. Yeah. Gladwell has no axe to grind. Uh, and he's taking a fresh look at the case. He wasn't part of the original media coverage, and so he doesn't have to protect his original uh, opinions and decisions. And again, one of the most distinguished writers in America, and he arrives at a conclusion that is consistent with what I believe is is the truth. So it might be that the new generation of uh, of journalists looking at it fresh without a stake in the in the outcome may uh, come closer to the to the truth. But I would recommend Malcolm Gladwell's uh, new book, uh, Talking to Strangers, about the Sandusky case. Uh, yes, sir. The, um, there's another a book that also came out by uh, Mark Pendergrass. I don't know if you've had occasion to read that, where he, um, and he's a science um, writer, and he goes through um, the circumstances of the uh, of the events that took place and uh, uh, specific, specifically uh, touches on each alleged victim. Uh, that also is a uh, is a good resource to be able to 
to uh, understand what actually occurred. Um, in regard to uh, Dr. Spanier and um, his uh, the efforts by the state to um, convict him of a uh, misdemeanor crime uh, in conjunction with this, um, that which was recently uh, um, overturned by the uh, federal courts. Do you have any uh, thoughts on that, on that entire process? I absolutely do. Um, uh, I think that uh, I strongly believe, strongly believe that any fair-minded person who is fully informed and doesn't have an axe to grind would quickly conclude that Graham Spanier, the former president of Penn State University, is not guilty of a crime. And he's particularly not guilty of the single misdemeanor count of which he was convicted and, he, as you mentioned, was recently overturned by, by, the, by the federal court. Yet it's been, what, eight years, seven, eight years that the, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has uh, been pursuing him. I mean, the, the prosecutors know everything that you and I know uh, and and probably a lot more. In other words, they know he's not guilty, but there's so much political hay for prosecutors to make by pursuing this case, and there's it could be huge political damage if they drop the case, given its its uh, high profile. So they continue to um, they continue to to pursue it. Um, it is it, it it it's 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 an indication of. As I was saying before, the vultures taking advantage of a really bad, unfortunate situation uh, to make political hay or to make uh, big, big bucks. Uh, but Spanier is, I mean, and let's remember that Spanier went to trial on uh, numerous felony charges and misdemeanors, and the jury found him not guilty on all the uh, the felonies, particularly the conspiracy charge that he uh, participated in a conspiracy to cover up Sandusky's crimes in order to protect uh, to protect football, he was found not guilty by a jury on 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 that, um, and he was ultimately found uh, guilty on a uh, misdemeanor that was thrown up because that law wasn't even on the books when the events took, yes, uh, took place. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it is, you know, and it's an indication of, you know, and it destroys a, a great university president's career. Um, and it's a further indication of the damage that was caused by by all of this. And and based on a, a hyperbolic, uh, mean spirited, self-interested, fact void uh, report coming out from uh from uh louis free wow that's a uh exceptionally uh good description of 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 the entire problem um it's just incredible that uh uh an individual like uh dr graham spanier the the previous president of penn state um could find himself even in that position. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, and to touch on the fact that uh, 
people are attempting to make uh, uh, political hay as a result of uh, ultimately as the result of a of a report that had no evidentiary support. I mean, that brings us to uh, Josh Shapiro, who uh, uh, continues to do exactly that, um, which uh, we, we've touched on 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 previous uh, uh, podcasts. I mean, it's a it's appalling that uh, you know would, people would even uh, consider his position, considering the uh, the lack of credibility when you really look at the situation and realize that it's not. Uh, it's not fact-based, and it's uh, it lacks any evidentiary support. Um, and I I do recall that the uh, the jury foreman in uh, Doctor Spanier's case uh, immediately came out and uh, wanted to change his uh, perspective on it. That uh, that uh, Doctor Spanier was not, uh, in fact. Uh, guilty of anything so uh you know it, it certainly seems to get uh, lost in the uh in the media trying to push their narratives and the uh political process that uh you know um actually has been uh has been uh manipulated such to make make a make a a circumstance that has no evidence uh evidentiary support um, and turn that into a uh, political positive. Uh, and it, uh, again, I would, I would say that uh, it brings into question the uh, uh, the integrity of the entire uh, Pennsylvania judiciary and um, their ability to function without being uh, beholden politically beholden, because that. Um, misdemeanor conviction, which was over again overturned by the uh, federal courts, and was for a uh, for a charge that didn't even apply to Doctor Spanier. Those levels of the Pennsylvania judiciary saw no problem with it and upheld that misdemeanor conviction. I mean, what does that tell you? about the entire Pennsylvania judiciary being um, politically beholden to have that misdemeanor stand up in the state. I mean, what if we were to go back and have the, uh, the federal government or an independent entity investigate the entire uh, episode um, because it's entirely politically driven? It's just appalling that the uh, Pennsylvania, the various levels of the Pennsylvania judiciary would uh, uphold something that they know to be uh, not fact based and have zero evidentiary support and not relevant to the circumstances. Unbelievable. 